Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 5. The Bible says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with son. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence, which shall not we much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth, yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Father, thank you tonight for the word of God. I ask you now to speak to our hearts. Lord, may we not do or say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit, but, O oh God, I pray that you would be glorified. May your son be magnified, and may the church be edified tonight. Lord, I pray that we'd see no man save Jesus only. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on spiritual chastisement. Spiritual chastisement. The writer of Hebrews is dealing with that subject that we're familiar with and that is familiar in the life of every believer. And when you think about Hebrews chapter number 12, he tells us how that we can run our race successfully. He tells us in verse number one, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, if we're going to run the race that God wants us to run, and if we're going to be faithful in that race, then we're going to have to lay aside those weights and that besetting sin uh, that is in our life. We're also going to have to keep our eyes uh, on Jesus, as he said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now I'll say tonight, if you and I are going to be the Christians God wants us to be, let's lay aside those weights. Uh, uh, let's get rid of that besetting sin and let's keep our eyes on the one that'll never disappoint us uh, and the one that'll never let us down. Amen. If we consider him, the Bible says in verse number three that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Amen. In other words, uh, if we start thinking about ourselves uh, and we start thinking about others and we stop thinking about him, uh, we'll get weary within the journey. But another reason that you and I ought to run this race to its fullest and be what God would have us to be is because of spiritual chastisement. Amen. I want to say tonight that chastisement is a reality and is real in the life of every child of God that is saved. Isn't that right? And the Bible teaches that here in this passage. And so tonight I want you to see four things that Paul here, the writer lays out for us concerning the matter of spiritual chastisement. I'll give you these four things and be done. Number one, 
I want you to see tonight the exhortation as the Bible talks about in verse number five. Have you forgotten, and you have forgotten, the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children? My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now, uh, what the writer is doing here is he reaches back to Proverbs chapter number three and verse number 11 and 12 where the Bible says nearly the same thing as Solomon said, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Now, when you think about chastisement tonight, what Paul says here in verse number five and six is that chastisement, number one, is to be taken soberly. Isn't that right? He said, and have ye forgotten the exhortation? I think it would do us all well tonight to be reminded uh, that whenever we disobey God, we're gonna pay a price for that. Isn't that right? Uh, listen, there is consequences uh, for the decisions that we make. And just because we're saved uh, and the grace of God has been applied to our life, uh, grace does not give us the liberty uh, to do as we please and live as we will. Isn't that right? But grace does more than that. I don't wanna live as I please or, or do as I please and live as I will. I will. I'll tell you why. I did that before I got saved and you did that before you got saved and think about how that turned out. It didn't turn out too good. Amen. And I'll tell you, when you get saved, you know what grace will do? Grace will let you say no to sin. Grace will help you to say no to yourself and grace will give you strength to go on and live for God in spite of those two things, amen, but whenever we disobey, we must face the fact uh, that chastisement is to be taken soberly, amen, don't blow this message off, uh, and don't just halfway listen tonight, but chastisement is real to all of us that are born again, amen, and so then not only is chastisement to be taken soberly, but he says in verse five, sensibly, he said, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. In other words, when God whips you or whips me uh, for disobeying him, you and I are to take that as an exhortation. We're to sensibly remember uh, that God is not doing that because he doesn't love us, uh, but rather he loves us too much uh, uh, to let us live out into sin and live any old way that we want to. Isn't that right? When you think about the devil tonight, uh, the devil lets you live any way you want to live. He lets his children roam all over this earth uh, and listen, ruin their life and live for themselves and never corrects them and never tries to keep up with them or lead them in the right direction. But when you get born again, I'm glad you get a heavenly father and he wants to lead you and he wants to guide you and he wants to help you and he'll take you to the woodshed and he'll wear you out and he'll put some identity marks on your life to let you know that you are his and he is yours and that you belong to him. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we see tonight in that exhortation, that chastisement, is also to be taken spiritually. Look what he said in verse number six. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Do you know tonight that God whips all of his children? Now, anybody that would try to tell you that I've lived my life in such a way, I've been such an obedient son that I've never had to get a whipping. Well, that's not what the book says. 
None of us, listen, uh, none of us are that spiritual. I, I preach some places that sometimes you'd make some statements and, and you know, I don't like to have to tell my sins. Uh, uh, Jack Kyle's made this statement years ago. He said, you ought to let people know you have feet of clay, but never take your shoes off, amen? In other words, you can let people know you're real and you've got feet of clay, but I don't have to take my shoes off and show you all my sins and my wrongdoings, amen? But sometimes, uh, as a preacher, we have to tell on ourselves. isn't that right? We, sometimes we have to testify about our own disobedience, our own fault, and, our, and I, don't, I don't enjoy that kind of preaching, uh, but can I tell you something? I've said that a few times. I've had people look at me like, man, I can't believe you thought that. Or I can't believe you said that. Or I can't believe you would act like that. Now, y'all have never done that, I know. You've never had that spiritual halo. That's not a halo. That's your horns growing together is what that is. You know? But I've had people look like, I can't believe he just said that. Well, you've done just as bad. You know, the fact that matters, we don't like to talk about our sin, and we shouldn't to a degree. But the fact is that God scourges every one of us. And here tonight, the exhortation is this, that every child of God is to be thankful for spiritual chastisement. If you're saved tonight, though we don't want it, though it's not pleasant, the Bible says here, we can thank God that our Father cares enough to keep us in line. Isn't that right? I'm glad God is a God. He, gives us, he gave us an instruction manual. He gave us the encouragement, the exhortation as to what we're supposed to do. And when we disobey him, mark it down, he's gonna come after us. And I serve God, number one, because I love him, but I cannot be honest with you. I serve him number two because I fear God, amen. I'm telling you, if I was to get out of the will of God tonight, there's no telling what God may do in my life. There's no telling the consequences and the repercussion that would come in my life. And that's the problem in the day we're living in. We have such a watered down version of preaching that preachers are trying to tell people you're saved by grace and that's true and that's wonderful, but that ain't all the story, amen. The same grace Titus said in verse 11 of chapter two that teaches us uh, and brings salvation to all men. He said in verse number 12, it'll teach us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts uh, and to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Grace will save you, but then grace will school you, amen. It'll teach you how to live, why? So you don't have to go to the woodshed, amen. And so we see the exhortation and then there's the expectation. Why, why would God scourge us? Look at verse seven. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with, his, as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. There's two reasons why God chastens people, his children. Number one, because it gives evidence that a person is a son and not a sinner. Do you know tonight when God chastens you, that's a good mark that you're saved? And I would say that Wednesday night we preached on the marks of salvation. I left this one off on purpose because I knew that I would deal with it at a later time. Listen, if you're saved tonight, the evidence of salvation is that there's no condemnation, Romans 8 and verse 1. The evidence of that salvation is you can be led by the Spirit, verse number 14. Evidence of that salvation, verse John 5 and verse number 4 is you have victory over this world. Verse number 14 of chapter 5 is that your prayers will be answered, amen. First Peter 2 and verse number 
number two is you have a love for the word of God. And first John chapter two, uh, you love the brethren. Those are all evidences uh, of a true child of God. But another evidence tonight that you're a son and not a sinner is the fact, my friend, that chastisement is real in your life. Now when somebody says, well, I can do that and God don't whip me, they're telling on themselves. Because the Bible said he scourgeth every son whom he, who receiveth. You see, tonight it's evidence that a person is a son, not a sinner. Secondly, it's evidence that a person is a sinner and not a son. You say, what do you mean? Look at the next verse. But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. The Bible says this, the expectation of chastisement is this. If God whips you, that means you're a son, not a sinner. I know we're all sinners, but you're a sinner saved by grace. You're a son and you're not a sinner lost. But if he don't whip you, that's as much evidence you're a sinner and you're not a son, amen. If you're here tonight and you say, well, preacher, I can get out and live in sin and do as I please and God doesn't whip me. Listen, he doesn't wear me out for that. Then you've never been saved. It doesn't matter, listen, if you've been baptized, doesn't matter if you've made a profession of faith, doesn't matter if you're a member of a church, doesn't matter if you got a shouting daddy and a praying mother, none of that stuff matters. Saying so doesn't make it so free. There's gotta be some marks that go deeper than your vocabulary, deeper than your lingo, deeper than your language. There's got to be an identity in your life uh, that whenever you do something that God says you shouldn't do and disobedience comes in your life, uh, you know that God will chasten you tonight. And I want to say tonight, chastisement is a serious matter. Tonight, does he whip you when you do wrong? Do you know that you're saved tonight? If you've been chastened, that's evidence that you're saved. Then there's the example. Look at verse number nine tonight. Furthermore, We've had fathers of our own of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now when you think about this tonight, he talks about in verse number nine how that our earthly father uh, chastened us and then he tells us in verse number 10 that our eternal father chastens us as well. Just like our fathers in the flesh, he said, corrected us and we gave them reverence. And I wanna stop and say this tonight, that's a good principle to live by for every parent. If you want your children to grow up and be respectable uh, young men and young women and love you and respect you and honor you and honor others, uh, then you've got to chasten them. Isn't that right? You've got to whip them. The Bible lays that principle out in Proverbs 22 and verse number 15. The Bible said, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. I wonder tonight, you don't have to raise your hand, but there's probably no parent here tonight that would raise their hand and say, I want my children to grow up and live a foolish life. Nobody would do that, would they? But can I tell you something? That foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And the rod of correction, the Bible says, drives it far from them. Proverbs 23 and verse 13 says, and this, listen to this, withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Now they may act like they're dying, but they're not gonna die. Amen, y'all ever done that? I mean, you know, you've done that, you've done that, uh, you've done that Indian war dance, Amen. 
When mama got the hickory and daddy got the belt and that's the way it used to be and that's the way it ought to still be, isn't that right? A little hickory tree and uh, listen, those stripes, uh, listen, you ain't want you to act like you're dying but the Bible said, I don't think my mom and dad, they weren't saved when I was growing up. I don't think they knew a thimble full of Bible but somewhere they got a hold of this verse, amen, and they realized that he'll act like he's dying but if you beat him with a rod, he shall not die because the Bible said, thou shalt beat him with a rod and listen to this, thou shalt deliver his soul from hell, Amen. I'm telling you, if you want your children to go to heaven, then you need to pull out a belt and a hickory. I, I want to get an amen out of this section. Isn't that right? I'm talking about, friend, listen, uh, you better learn to chase them, get that foolishness out of them. Uh, uh, listen, I'm not talking about being mean-spirited. I'm not talking about being a parent that's sitting on ready, always wanting to wear your children out. You ought to have mercy. You ought to have grace. You ought to have compassion. Listen, listen, you ought to, you ought to be, uh, they ought to see those attributes in your life, uh, uh, but they ought to know what you mean and know that you mean what you say when you say it and you ought not have to tell them 40, 11 times before they listen to you. You ought to tell them one time and they ought to understand you mean business. Can I get a witness right there? And if you withhold that correction, the Bible says they'll go to hell. That's serious business tonight, isn't it? You know why we're dealing with a demonic, degenerated, disobedient society? I'm gonna tell you why. They kicked the Bible and prayer out of school. And mom and daddy's hung their belts up on the wall. You know what they did? They sent their children off to counselors and psychiatrists. And they pumped medication in them. Trying to mummify them. What they did, they hooked them on drugs and by the time they became a young adult, they already had so much, uh, listen, rebellion in their system and drugs in their system. You try to win that generation to God and you've got an uphill battle. I'm not saying that God can't save them, but why would you want to gamble with that when the principle's already been laid out here? Isn't that right? And the Bible said in Proverbs 13, 24, listen to this, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. You know what be times means? That means many times, amen? That just means if you love your children, when they do wrong, you'll correct them, you'll tell them, hey, now don't do that. If I tell you that again, you're gonna get a whipping. And if they do it again, you better be good on your words. Somebody say amen. Don't say, now I told you if you do that again, I'm gonna whip you. No, listen, a warning and then a whipping. Can I get a witness on that right there? Don't listen, try to, don't try to psychologically figure them out. You know what? You don't gotta get into their mind. Uh, all you gotta do is take a belt and get into their pants, amen, real good uh, and set their world on fire uh, and I'll tell you what it'll do, that'll solve a lot of problems. Is that right? You see tonight, do you, I'll ask you this question, don't raise your hand. Do you love your son? Do you love your daughter? I can tell you if you do. I can tell you how much you love them by how you discipline them when they do wrong. Don't come to me after service and say, well, now, Brother Gravely, I'm just going to be honest with you. They're such a mild nature child. I would whip them if they ever did anything. But I'll tell you, I can just look at them. Yeah, it's called Hollywood acting. I can look at them and they'll melt. Oh, I'm sure. I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to look at them sometimes and say, go to the back room. Have you ever been called to the back room? I feared the back room more than the principal's office. Amen. Because I grew up in a day when if you got, if you got a, if the teacher got on to you, you got paddled by the teacher. 
Then you got sent to the principal's office. I don't know why, but they never told them you got a paddling in the hallway, so the principal paddled you. Then you got sent home with a note, and when mom found out, she whipped you. Amen. And then when she said, when your daddy gets home, you're going to get it again. So, I mean, you got whipped almost from daylight till dark that day. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what happened. You didn't do that too many times. I had a teacher, she weighed 90 pounds soaking wet, English teacher, I thought she couldn't hurt nothing. I'm going to tell you what, she lined us up outside in the hallway on a cinder block wall. I mean, she made us spread our legs and put our hands up on that wall and listen, like she was fixing to pat us down to go to prison, you know? And she made us, and she grabbed hold of our belt loop and I'm going to tell you something, she took that solid oak, an inch thick paddle and had been, listen, it had been sanding down and smoothed off and had the names of all her victims on it, amen? And I'm going to tell you what, she reared back and with all the fear I'm telling you uh, that this world had to offer. She set our world on fire. And I was a good student the rest of the year. I'm going to tell you something. People look, and I'm not talking to you. I don't think I am. But nowadays people look at you like you're insane. You know what I would say to this younger generation? And I'm not talking about to the young. We got good young couples in our church. I think they, our young couples agree with this. But maybe for the one or two that's sitting on the fence, hear this well tonight. You don't have it all figured out. Lay your psychology books down and pick up what that older generation, pick up what's been tried and proven. Do what that book says. I'm sorry, y'all. We may have, I hope y'all all don't get beat half to death this week, but if you do, you probably deserved it anyway. Amen. And if you didn't deserve it, you did something in the past, it's just catching up with you, okay? <laughs> but here's, the, here's what it is. He scourges every son whom he loveth. God loves you too much to let you go your own way. Do you love your children enough to whip them? And I'm going to tell you something. I don't think you ought to whip them because you're aggravated. Y'all not whip them to relieve your own pressure. If you feel better when they get a whipping, you need a whipping. Is that right? Y'all to send them to a room. Y'all to go in and sit down with them. Y'all to have prayer with them. Y'all to tell them why you're getting a whipping. Amen. Explain it to them. And I mean, don't give them a paddling. Don't give them a spanking. I hear people say that's why I spanked him. I'm going to tell you, I wished I'd have got some spankings when I was a kid. Amen. He said, what's the difference in a spanking and a whipping, the snubbing? I'm telling you, when you get a whipping, you're snubbing, friend. Are y'all still with me out there? I'm not on an island by myself. I'm telling you, listen, I mean, when I got through getting a, I mean, when I got through getting a whipping, I mean, there's some snubbing going on. And my mom and dad, even though they weren't saved, God used it in my life. When the Holy Spirit knocked on my heart one day and said, son, you're going to hell. I'm glad I lost mom and dad, put a submissive spirit to authority in my life. I might have told the Holy Ghost no, walked out that door and went to hell. I've seen church kids harder than a lot of lost kids out in that world ever thought about being. I'm telling you, listen, you love your children, spank them, whip them, where don't spank them, whip them, amen. But I want you to see not only the exhortation, but I close with this tonight, the experience. Look at verse 11, what he said. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. There's no joy. But notice the word grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. I'm going to tell you something tonight. When you jerk a kid up, wear him out, and throw him back down, 
with no explanation. You just create rebellion. When you send them to a room and you sit down with them, come here, Colin. You probably need a whipping anyway. <laughs> it ain't your fault. I know your parents. Amen. <laughs> but when you set them down and you say, Now, son, what you did was wrong. And you know I told you not to do that. But you did it anyway. And I love you. But I'm going to have to whip you. And uh, I want you to know God loves you. And it grieves me to have to do this. You've given me no choice. And I hope that you'll learn from this and we never have to do this again. And then you pull that belt off. And then you, I'm not going to whip you, don't worry. <laughs> then you take them and you, you bend them over and you fire them up. And when they get done, I'm going to tell you what you don't do. You don't tell them, now don't you cry. Don't ever tell your children not to cry when you whip them. You want to make that heart hard? Teach them to suck it in and not cry. I'll tell you what you do. You let them weep. You let, that, you let all that tenderness come out. You teach them. That's what breaks their will. You don't want that whipping to make them hard. You want that whipping to break them. I'll tell you something else to help them for you to weep with them. When David wrote Psalms 51, what grieved David the most was not his sin, was not the fact that his, he had been chastened, that his children were dying. I tell you, you read that Psalm when you go home. You know what grieved David the most? Was that David knew that his sin had grieved God. And David realized, I've grieved God. I'm going to tell you, that's what brings real repentance. And when that child weeps because they know I've made my daddy weep. I've grieved my parent. I've grieved my father. You've taught them one of the most valuable principles. You've taught them what sin, repentance over real sin is, is that we, it's not that I got caught. It's that I have grieved the heart of God. When you realize that your sin grieves you because it grieves God, you are on the road to repentance, friend. I'm afraid a lot of people come to an altar because they got caught and they pray but nothing changes. But when they come to that altar because they know I've done something so terrible that it's broken the heart of God and because it's broken him, it's broken me and I don't ever want to do that to God again. They can get help. They can get help. And do you realize that's why God chastens us? He wants to bring us to the place where we don't want to sin. We don't want to sin because it hurts our Father. I'm going to tell you, if, God, if I thought God was sitting in heaven with a big old strap or a big old baseball bat ready to knock my head off at every single move, that there was no mercy, that there was no compassion, I'm going to tell you what I'd do. I'd probably never repent. I might live obedient, but you can be obedient and be a rebel inside. Because I know how much he loves me. I know how much he cares. And when I sin, I know that it disappoints him. And I know that it breaks his heart. It makes sin and takes all the joy, all the pleasure out of that sin. Because it grieves him. 
You see tonight, the threefold purpose of that is one, is that it might make us stronger. That's what he wants to teach us. That it might make us spiritual. They're all in that verses there. That it might make us straight. He said, lift up the hands that hang down. That's to be stronger in those feeble knees. God whips us to make us stronger. He whips us to make us straight. Look at verse 13 and make straight paths for your feet. I, I want to be honest with you tonight. People in the day we live in, they don't like a lot of preaching about separation and standards and holiness. But I want to tell you something. God's ultimate goal for all of our life is to straighten us out. He wants us to live a straight life. He wants us to live clean. He wants us to live holy. He wants us to live right. Can I just be honest with you tonight? Sometimes I disobey God. I don't want to. I don't plan to. But I have. And the Lord is so gracious, he'll correct you. He'll say, now, hey, don't you do that. Sometimes he'll be merciful enough to say, now, you know you shouldn't have done that. Don't you do that again. There are some things you can do that God will say, oh, there's no warning on this. You, you, you know better than this. You know good and well you shouldn't have do that, done this. Now, I forgive you and I love you. I'm going to have to whip you. Tonight, think about it as we stand. Are you saved? You'll know that by... You know, I never got a whipping that I didn't know who was doing it and that I didn't know why I was getting one. And when God whips you, you'll know it and you'll know why. There's no question in that. Tonight, you may be here and say, I don't want God to whip me. Maybe there's something in your life that the Holy Spirit dealt with you about. Why don't tonight you come put on this altar? Let God help you tonight. You could avoid the woodshed. I'd rather lay it down here and say, Lord, you spoke to me about something and I hear you and I'm asking you to help me. You could avoid the woodshed. You could avoid the chastisement tonight. Tonight as our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Brother Brian's going to sing. If you need to come, would you come? Maybe tonight you need to come and maybe something he spoke to you about. Maybe tonight it's about your children. Maybe some of you, you've been letting your children slide. Maybe you've been just kindly said, well, it's not that big a deal, but it is. If you'll whip them when they're young, you won't have to beat them to death when they get older. I promise you that. Start as young as you can. Tonight, you obey God while he sings.